Investing in land and property is certainly not a revolutionary idea. Australians have been investing in bricks, mortar and land for decades, but unfortunately not all property investments are the same. Today we're exploring a type of property investment scheme called land banking, which can produce returns for investors, but comes with significant red flags because it's often unregulated, leaving investors without protection if things go wrong. The land banking scheme we will be discussing today specifically targeted members of a Somali Australian community in Melbourne, where the property spruker told investors the development was compliant with Sharia law. We will also explore another land banking scheme that raised over 15 million from investors who thought they were buying land or off the plan contracts, when actually the company never owned the land in the first place. Hello and welcome to the official podcast of the Australian Securities and Investments Commission. I'm Louise Tapsell, and taking me through some of the land banking schemes shut down by ASIC is Nicola Stevenson, lawyer from ASIC's enforcement team. Nicola, what is land banking and how does it work? Well, land banking involves investors buying large blocks of undeveloped land with a view to selling the land at a profit once the land's been approved for redevelopment. Developers usually buy a whole block of land, um, it's usually a large block, and then divide it into smaller blocks for investors who buy either a plot or an option to purchase the land. So if I'm an investor, can I say I own this section of the land and you own that section? Is that right? Well, in a lot of cases, you're not buying approved subdivided plots. You're basically just sold what the land could look like and if it's approved for zoning and redevelopment. And is there a guarantee? No, uh, there's no guarantee the plot you initially buy will be the same plot you get in the future. It's not as simple as this is my patch and that's your patch. So you're investing in this land with quite a few others and you hope one day the land will be cleared for development. The cases we're looking at today, am I right to say that the companies who people invested with they actually went under, they, they went bankrupt before the land was cleared by council for development. The companies were wound up or put into liquidation before the land was cleared for redevelopment, which really put the investors at risk of lo- losing their money. So tell us a little bit about Lotus Security. That was the land banking scheme operating out of Melbourne. Yeah, there are a few names for this case, but just to keep it simple, we'll call it Lotus They owned a block in Lara in Western Victoria, which was supposed to be rezoned and developed. And was the land ever cleared for development? So ASIC investigated the scheme and found, even though 82 investors had given at least $800,000 of their hard-earned money, no progress had been made in over four years to rezone or develop the land. So I understand investors were paying uh, this initial sum of $7,000 then they had monthly payments of about 300 What did they think they were getting for this money? Look, investors thought they would be entitled to a block in about five years' time and that this land would increase in value. Like most land banking schemes, they were told it would increase in value because the land would be rezoned for development purposes. But the company running Lotus took no steps to make that happen. How did ASIC find out about this scheme? 
We noticed several compliance breaches of Lotus's Australian Financial Services licence, including not filing documents with ASIC. We then delved a little bit deeper and we could see that this land banking scheme had turned sour. The company was then taken to court, wound up and liquidators were appointed. How did ASIC communicate this to investors, many of whom spoke English as a second language? Well, we had court orders translated into both Arabic and Somali so that the investors could understand what was happening. Also, throughout the investigation, we worked with family members who spoke English and Somali, and they really helped communicate to the investors what was going on. We also had ASIC employees uh, who were not part of the initial investigative team giving their time as interpreters. Nicola, I'm hesitant to ask how the case ended up. It just seems like this community has really been taken advantage of, claiming that the scheme was Sharia compliant as a hook to get to them in, and then having their money used for other purposes. In this case, which I might add is quite rare, the liquidator was able to sell the land from the wound up company and sell it for much, much more than we expected. Well, this takes us to the case of Hermitage Bendigo and Venezine, two land banking schemes run out of Victoria. I believe there were four development companies involved with this one. They raised over 20 million in funds, only for investors to find there was no land in the first place. These investors had very little understanding of what the actual investment process involved, and the companies raised millions in sale options to purchase land and what's also known as off-the-plan contracts. Um, ASIC then during the course of its investigation, found that the development companies didn't own the land. They had uh, purchased two parcels and there were attempts to purchase more land, but these sales had fallen through. The scheme affected communities across Victoria and it's clear here that investors weren't really given the whole picture when they decided to invest. What was really sad about this case was a lot of investors caught up in this land banking scheme had experienced tough times personally, they had businesses fail, and saw this investment as an opportunity to build back their wealth quickly and get their lives back on track. And what could ASIC do once it realised there was insufficient land and and that there were huge amounts of funds that had been raised, what could ASIC do? Um, We had to make sure the companies were wound up. Um, that they were no longer operating. Uh, That meant going to the federal court and making our case that the development companies and the project management company should stop operating and therefore stop onboarding new investors. We didn't want anyone else to potentially lose their money um, believing that they'd invested in land. That then meant that liquidators could come in, could try and find some of this 20 million that investors had handed over. What did they find? It was pretty clear at that point that the project management company had used the investors' money across different funds and that the money being spent by the the project management company was documented very poorly and they'd taken fees out of the investor funds. They'd entered into mortgages at very high rates of interest. This meant that the land that had been purchased was eventually sold by the mortgagee who retained all the money so there was no cash left for the investors. So these people, they thought they were buying a land, perhaps they thought they were buying a property off the plan. They were really being sold a a dream. How can we avoid this happening in the future? 
Well, firstly, not all banking schemes are scams, but it's really important that people have independent legal and financial advice before handing over their money. A lot of cases like this, it's sold to someone, it's sold to you by someone you know, and you don't have the knowledge to delve in deeper to find out if the investment is real and safe. Um, So make sure you see the paperwork and that you give this paperwork to someone independent before you do anything. That's the key. And what do you mean by someone independent? Well, someone independent, they can't be connected with the scheme. Certainly not the person who's recommending it to you. Um, Even if they are a trusted friend or co-worker, it needs to be someone removed from the process, like a financial advisor, accountant, lawyer. So, Nicola, for this case, did the investors see any of that $20 million return to them? No. Um, the investors have not got any money returned to them and the, their entire investment is gone. Take us through what ASIC's done recently to shut down land banking schemes. Just before Christmas last year, ASIC went to the federal court to freeze the bank accounts of ASK, that's ASK with a double K, investments. This stopped them dealing in property which was subject to a land banking scheme located here in Victoria. It looks like they've raised around $10 million from more than 270 investors who came from a Muslim community in Victoria. ASIC is concerned that they are operating an unregistered managed investment scheme and that they may have misled their investors. So following further investigations in the middle of this year, ASIC applied to the court to wind up ASK. So for updates on this, search ASK, double K, on the ASIC website. Nicola, I think what's come through from talking to you today is that these types of investments are appealing. The prospect of owning a bit of land, of buying something off the plan, to have it all pitched to you by a friend or someone you trust you can see why people make the choice to invest their money. Oh yeah, for sure. And in some cases, people have sold these ideas at investment seminars and these types of property-spruiking events and seminars try and persuade investors that land banking is a cheaper way to go than just buying an investment property. But what a lot of people don't realise is that at these seminars, they're actually subject to high-pressure sales tactics. So if you're thinking about investing in these schemes, it's really important to do your research um, and seek independent advice. And you really need to understand what you're getting yourself into before you hand over any money. There's some great tips on land banking on ASIC's Money Smart website. So head there for further information. Nicola, thanks for taking me through these land banking cases today and the work done by ASIC's enforcement team. If you have feedback for us on this podcast, send us a tweet to ASIC Media. We'd love to hear from you.